Today's guests are going to give the latest advice on when sourcing in India might be a better option for Amazon sellers. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sun, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And just a real quick note before we get started, all you serious sellers out there, don't forget, if you like the show, make sure to go ahead and leave us a review if you're listening to this on the Apple app the Apple Podcast app, or if you're on Spotify, whatever you're listening on, make sure to, to subscribe and follow and download all the new episodes. We appreciate your support. And now let's go ahead and introduce, we have coming back onto the show for the second time as Megala, and for the first time we've got Margaret, the M&M. Is that what you guys, I just made that up right this second, the M&M, Team M&M? <laughs> Actually, we have a third partner, Kevin. He's not with us today. So we are MMK. <laughs> ah, M&M sounds so much better than, than that. Now, Megla, you know, you were last on the show. Um, it's hard to believe it. It's been a, a while. It's been since 2019. And I think just a couple of things might have uh, changed uh, in 2020, you know, since the last time you were on the show in the world that we live in. So we're definitely going to be, uh, you know, talking a little bit about that, especially as it relates to sourcing in India and you know, possibly, you know, some of your uh, network selling India. But Margaret, now you are based in Australia, right? That's right. Yep. Excellent. Now, what's your what's your backstory? We heard Megala's backstory when she was on the podcast before, but we don't know much about Margaret. So, so uh, I would assume you're born and raised there in Australia, right? Well, I was well, actually born here. Well, I, well, we live in Geelong, which is just an hour from Melbourne, and I was born an hour the other side of Melbourne in a kind of little place called Ballarat. So, um, yeah. So I've been in Victoria. I mean, I have travelled and lived in different parts of Australia over my life, but spent most of my time down here in Geelong. Okay. And then growing up, you know, I always ask this to Australians just because it's our stereotype, you know, growing up as a young Australian person, you know, 10 years old, are, are you aspiring to be a crocodile hunter or what exactly, uh, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? Oh, probably hadn't even thought about it back then. I mean, I'm probably that much older that you didn't have many careers to choose from when I was starting. You were either a mm -hmm. nurse, a typist or a shorthand taker or something like that. So um, it wasn't the, um, I suppose, array of sort of careers to choose from back when I was uh, finishing school and I didn't want to do university. I wanted to go out and get a job and start making money. So I, um, I, I like that so far. I mean, I, th I think that's important. I, I would say a good, uh, you know, 10, 20% of our audience might, you know, they, they might not have lived in your, you know, small town, but, but they live in different parts of the world where it's a similar thing. You know, when, when you're growing up, you know, there's only a, a couple things that, that most people do. And it's not like you, you dream of a career to be an engineer or, or there's not many opportunities. So, so it's interesting to, to document a, a story like yours. So upon graduating, I don't know what you guys call over there, but we call it high school, of course. You know, uh, Did you go to university or did you go straight into the workforce? Straight into the workforce. And I, look, I worked in uh, various um, uh, sort of insurance company work and I went into um, finance after that. How, how did you discover the, the Amazon opportunity? Just um, on the internet, just a, an ad on the internet. And we okay. just followed it through, joined the, the actual group up. We're still members of that group. And, um, yeah, just took it from there. And that's, well, that's over four years ago now. 
Okay. And pretty much exclusively selling on uh, Amazon.com in the USA? Yeah, have tried Australia, but we gave up after six months. I just was like watching paint dry, waiting for that to happen. So we just um, sort of got rid of the stock on a couple of different websites in Australia and, um, yeah, solely in the US and quite happy to do okay. that. Yeah, no. But, I mean, I've probably well, been involved with Eagler for over two years now, so I'm actually a coach on our India sourcing trip and now we've become partners in the virtual India sourcing shows and things like that. So I spend a lot of time um, working on the um, India side of it because we only source from India. And, um, yeah. Do so, so your Amazon.com business – you exclusively are sourcing from India? Yep. Wow. Uh, has that been since the beginning or is that just I something that you transitioned to? Started off in China, did first lot of products from China, got copycatted out of China and all that stuff, you know, those stories. And um, so then we were actually on our way to Canton Fair and called into Hong Kong and went to um, the mega fair in Hong Kong and found our Indian supplier had, you know, these products and I fell in love and I just went, my God, when we've spent three days with him and ordered products and well that's over three and a half years ago now and we've been dealing with them ever since yeah okay interesting so what, what what was your biggest year selling on amazon was it last year or did you kind of dial it back since you uh, have these other uh endeavors you're doing last no well last year was a bit up and down with covid um so you know we just didn't get stock in that we wanted and stuff but well, I mean, I don't want to. I don't profess to be a, a huge seller. We've just we've got two brands going, um, uh -huh. and I'm quite happy to to just be a, a medium seller. And it also helps me understand what's happening on Amazon because I do sort of the coaching and assist with information on the you know, you know India sourcing web page and stuff like that. So I need to know what's happening everywhere. So by being a seller and being active all the time, I sort of know you know, anything that's changed. And, and I think, you know, you're ahead of the game than somebody who's just, um, you know, learning okay. to start to sell. So, yeah, so that's sort of, I suppose, my story. So, yeah, but uh, Medi-Wordler has been fantastic and we love the India sourcing trip and the show and everything that goes with it. So it's become our new life. So I'm out of retirement and probably doing more hours than I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Megla, if, you, if you're still awake over there, let's catch up with you a little bit. So, you know, we didn't know what, uh, you know, to us, uh, the time that we record the last podcast, Corona was a, a Mexican beer. So, you know, we nobody could have anticipated what happened last year. But let me just go out on a limb and say that more people than ever before were interested in possibly looking at India as a sourcing, uh, you know, hub, you know, once, you know, the, the kind of, you know, China had shut down for a while, would that be an accurate assessment that you saw a big increase in, in interest in sourcing in India? Yes, absolutely, Bradley, you're right. So beginning of uh, last year, when China shut down and everything started there, we saw a huge increase in the number of people going to or looking for alternative sources, including India. And, uh, you know, our, our group grew significantly during that time as well. And it, it continues to grow now. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, after that, 2020 was, of course, very um, strange year and very transformational. And so many things happened in 2020. But, um, you know, um, India itself is grappling with the coronavirus now. So mm -hmm. then we saw people going back to China after <laughs> after coronavirus spread everywhere. So, yeah, but despite that, you know, what we've seen in 2020 is that um, a lot of people have discovered the, the products that can be sourced in India. 
and they are finding success with that. So I don't know if you remember the last time I was on my on the show, we were talking about the India sourcing trip that I had done a couple of months ago. And it was a huge success. And I was planning the next trip in April 2020, which, of course, didn't happen. Um, but a lot of the people who were on that trip were able to launch products in 2020. And um, they had you know, good Q4s. They sent in some t- test products. And some of them did larger orders as well. And they were quite successful. And now they are reordering for this year. So I think what's happened, at least in our experience, is that a lot of people have discovered that, hey, China is not the only source for products to sell on Amazon. Mm-hmm. There are other countries as well. And India has its unique advantages and unique products. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to look for the same products that you're sourcing from China in India, but you've got to look for, okay, what does India really specialize in and what are the products that we can source from there? Okay. And I remember, you know, before you had talked about, you know, uh, some of the the specialties of of Indian suppliers would be like wood and and other eco-friendly products. But you had mentioned that, you know, even in general, even sometimes on the things that are, are really good quality and the factories really have... Uh, a great process and great quality product that since, you know, the whole selling to Amazon sellers was a little bit newer then there were a little bit of, you know, hiccups maybe on like production time or understanding how to deal with Amazon sellers and things like that, because it, is, it was kind of new for Indian suppliers. What's been the progress on that, you know, in the last year and a half, like, do you see more and more factories and suppliers like have a great operation as far as how to deal with Amazon sellers and logistics involved and things like that? Yes, absolutely. We are seeing that. And uh, what's happening is that um, a lot of these suppliers, they are, you know, catering to Amazon sellers from the US, Australia. And then Amazon is getting very active in India as well. And a lot of these suppliers are also uh, supplying to sellers in India who are actually selling on Amazon India. So they're not only exporting their products, but they're also supplying to the domestic market. And that is also giving them uh, more exposure into how e-commerce works and what are the requirements of, you know, like packaging and, and all of those different things. So definitely more suppliers are getting familiar with the process. And more suppliers are also trying to sell themselves <laughs> on Amazon. So they're creating their own you know, separate brands. Not everybody, but some of them are. And increasingly, we are seeing more interest among um, suppliers to sell directly on Amazon. And also, in terms of logistics, I think we are seeing uh, some changes. There are more companies looking into how to uh, cater to Amazon sellers. And they're getting more familiar with the specific processes especially if um, an Amazon seller is not based in the U.S., it's more complicated to get your product into um, Amazon FBA. So there are more companies who are familiar with that process now. And also a lot of sourcing agents are willing to work with smaller buyers, whereas you know previously it was really difficult because all the sourcing agents want to work with big buyers who are placing orders in containers and nobody wants to work with a small you know, Amazon e-commerce buyer who's totally new to sourcing and they have 10 million questions to ask before they place an order. But increasingly they're realizing that, hey, even though these are smaller buyers, they are placing orders you know, smaller orders repeatedly, and there are so many of them. So if you add up all of the order volumes, it can, you know, uh, um, amount to quite a lot. So they are, even the sourcing agents, I think, are realizing that, hey, there's a lot of opportunity over here. Okay. Now, Margaret, you've been on both sides of the aisle as far as sourcing from China, you know, sourcing from India. What are some of the biggest differences that you notice? Uh, I'm assuming like a couple of your products, at least, 
you actually source the same exact product? You switched it from China to India, or did you just like stop those products and start a completely new one? Stopped my products and started with complete new ones. Yeah, no, we moved completely um, into a different area. We were originally in more um, plastics and silicons, all this, you know, the uh-huh. minor sort of centric stuff. Um, and now <clears throat> we moved into metal and we've now moved into wood and metal with our second brand. So, um, so okay. I've got, you know, nine products in one in the initial brand that we started off when we first met our supplier. So, so then what, what would you say then, you know, that's okay that it's completely different, but, you know, what would you say is some of the biggest differences with, you know, the process, you know, like, uh, you know, shipping times or negotiation process or what part of it was different from when you used to source in China and then now that you do it in India? Oh, I think the time, the turnaround time frame is probably the most because everything we have is is handmade we've actually visited our factory and worked through you know through the processes with them in different departments and and i know now that they actually sit there and hand polish like if you've got an say a knife each blade a man would spend three minutes hand polishing every single blade so when i order a thousand of something that has to be polished i feel so guilty because this poor man's got to polish a thousand pieces um or um if you um have say a handle on something and it's a, a certain shape he sits there and actually hand does that shape um whereas everything out of china is basically you know done in a day on a a production line so i think you do have to allow and i tend to tell anybody who's going into the sort of products we do which is home decor metal wood type things where there's quite a few different components or you know of each product um that you know you can be looking at sort of 12 weeks or something like that from ordering to completion okay now the factories that you're currently producing at right now how did you find that exact factory did you just go there and start visiting factories did you find them on alibaba did did uh megla you know introduce them to you or or how how did you find no, the exact factories we, we that actually doing? found this factory at the mega fair in hong kong so back in oh, three just on nearly two and a half years ago and okay. um we developed a relationship with them. We spent a lot of time there and I chose some products and said, look, I just need to go back and do a bit more research on is this going to work um, because we, you know, weren't really looking at those type of products. I'd never looked in those niches. And um, we then actually said we'll test the nine products and I'll cull what doesn't work and I've ended up keeping the whole nine products because some work better than others but because they're all made out of the same material and they work together in your home we get a lot of cross-selling so i i have heaps of products where i'll sell two or three different products in one sale um okay so that i found that worked really well for us so yeah and i mean we've built such a i think you can get a much better relationship our supplier is like our family now we actually if we go back to india we are not to stay in a hotel uh, if we go down to where his factory is in Moorabadad, we had to stay. We've seen our bedroom in his home. He's taken us up and said, there's your suite. When you come back, that's where you stay. You're not staying in a hotel. like." And, you know, we do weddings, birthdays, everything. It's, so it's a bit like they're our best friends now as well. So um, I find that the relationship you can have with them, and, I mean, we've met the grandfather and the whole kaboot. So um, I think that's sort of where the difference lies. All right, now, now Megla, I mean, obviously, there's the you're not going to be doing your 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 trips uh you haven't done it in months and and probably will be some time before those kind of things happen again so outside of being able to go to one of these fairs like where uh, margaret found that factory or outside and going one of your india sourcing trips how can people currently uh you know during the pandemic find a reputable supplier 
Yeah. So one of the things that we did early last year is started this thing called Virtual India Sourcing Show, where every month we interview about five to 10 vetted manufacturers from India and do live webinars with them. And um, this is something that was just, you know, born organically sort of out of discussions in the group because people were saying, hey, we can't go on the trip and do you know suppliers and we want to sort we want to still source these products. And so Mark, Kevin and I, we came up with this idea of, uh, of this, like we call it. And so um, since April of last year, we've been doing this every month. And, and that's one place where people can start with. So what we do is we basically uh, contact these suppliers, vet them, check that they are legitimate companies, that they are manufacturers and that they are export focused companies. And then we bring them on the show. They talk about their companies, their story, uh, their factories and their products. And they also like show actual products and um, people can ask them questions. So it's interactive as well. Um, so that's one place where people can start. And the other places that people can start is, um, you know, first of all, Global Sources and Alibaba. Those are the two major export-focused supplier directories out there for India. And even though most of the suppliers on these two websites are uh, from China and maybe Taiwan, other countries, but there are Indian suppliers as well. In fact, both of these companies have offices in India and uh, in 2020, they have both of them have actually increased their focus on India and trying to recruit more suppliers. So when you're on any of these two websites, do a search for the product and then use the country location filter to basically search for suppliers in India. Um, and, um, you know, that's one way to do that. Also, there are uh, a lot of export promotion councils in India. Now, these are government organizations and they are basically tasked to increase exports in certain categories. So, for example, there's a cotton export promotion council. There's one for leather. There's one for apparel, for handicrafts. So if you can try to find an export promotion council that specializes in your or that focuses in your industry, go to their website, look for their supplier or their member directory. And all of the suppliers on there are actually exporters. You know, that's very important when you're sourcing from India. You want to make sure that the supplier has export experience because there are so many suppliers that cater to the domestic market where maybe the quality standards are different from what they are in the US or Europe. And some of the suppliers who don't have export experience, they may not be aware of the quality requirements and you may have issues down the line. Some of them don't even have export licenses. So, you know, it's impossible to get the product out from the country as well. So you want to make sure that they have export experience when you're sourcing from them. And um, the good thing is about these export promotion councils is that only exporters are allowed to join the councils as members. So, you know, you get the list. It's a starting point. You will have to sift through the list and talk to the suppliers. And maybe the information is not that up to date. Uh, and maybe the list is like really long, you know, a thousand or more suppliers or so. so you, you'll have to sift through the list, but at least you have a starting point. That's another way to go. And lastly, I want to mention that one of the major trade fairs in India, which is also known as the Canton Fair, uh, it's, it's Delhi Fair, and that's held twice a year. That's where we go for India sourcing trip. So even though the fair is not being held currently, their exhibitor list is still online. So if you just do a Google search for Delhi Fair exhibitor list and try to get a hold of that exhibitor list, that's a very high quality uh, list of suppliers because all of those suppliers are first of all exporters uh, because they participate in this fair that's organized by uh, an export promotion council. 
And because they are exhibitors, you know that they are serious suppliers. They have you know, invested the time and money and effort to set up a booth at an exhibition. So they are um, established suppliers. Okay. Now, you know, one thing that I think, you know, sometimes puts people's mind at ease when sourcing through Alibaba is they have the the trade assurance from Alibaba. But I know that some countries the trade assurance doesn't apply to. Can people use trade assurance for India on Alibaba or is that not available? So no, trade assurance is not available in any country apart from China. So it's not available on Alibaba in India. But there are other ways to, I mean, trade assurance is a relatively new concept and it's mostly used by, I feel, new entrepreneurs, new buyers who may not have the means or the, they may not know how to vet their suppliers because tradition, tradition buyers, uh, you know, what they basically do is vet the supplier, make sure that they are talking to the right company and uh, they have all of their quality requirements uh, specified with the company. They have contracts in place. And they, they, you know, they may even have boots on the ground and or do factory audits and other things like that. So, um, yeah, there's no trade assurance available in India, but there are other ways that you can use escrow services. I mean, there are some escrow services out there that you can consider. So there's one service called um, Trade Tango, and I haven't used it myself. I've done a, a webinar with them in our India Sourcing Group. But that's something that you can consider. And there may be other escrow services out there as well that you could use. So that's one option. But the other option is just to play it very, very safe when you're sourcing. Make sure you vet the supplier, you talk to them on Zoom, check their documents, check their export license, get references from them, talk to their previous buyers, and then send them very, very detailed product specifications of exactly what you want. And don't make a hundred percent payment in advance. Pay a small amount up front, get an inspection done, and then pay the rest of the amount to them. So I think if you source safely and uh, uh, you know safely, basically, you should be good. Okay. Now, Margaret, I mean, you got, you said that you know as far as your products uh, went, you didn't like just switch suppliers, you know, from, from China to India, you, you just started from scratch. I'm um, just out of curiosity, anybody in your community, have you ever heard of an example of somebody who actually just had the same exact product that they had been sourcing for a time in China and then switched it to India? Or is most people who switch to India kind of in the same boat as you where they just, they just start from scratch? No, look, I know quite a few people who have taken their product over. Look, if you were already drawing particularly um, wooden products out of um, China, you can quite easily um, get those, you know, replicated um, out of India. The wood grain finish might be different because um, mango wood and acacia wood are the most prevalent in India, whereas um, I think bamboo is probably one of the bigger ones in China. Um, but, yeah, no, we've got quite a few people um, in our group who have um, successfully had products made and they're actually selling them um, back onto Amazon out of India now and, you know, basically taken their product over and had it copied and, and remade. So, yeah, no, it works quite well. I think if you're in like obviously anything, the plasticky, those type of products that are mainly uh, only made, India doesn't do any plastics or silicon or things like that. But if you're, you were doing metal or wood, um, it's, I think, more lucrative to do it from India because you don't have the um, tax 
the, or the duty that you have when you go in from China to America because, I mean, the duty on our products is uh, 2.5% or something ridiculous. It's not anything high, but I know um, some of the people were paying 25 and 30% on their wooden items into America and now they're only paying, you know, the 2 or 3%. So, I mean, you can get a better quality. So you, if you're spending $10 on a product, you can afford to spend 13 or $14. All right, guys, quick break from the episode for my BTS member. That stands for whatever you want it. It could be uh, Bradley's 30 seconds, or if you are an expert on African countries, maybe it's Botswana, Togo, Senegal. Anyways, whatever you want BTS to mean, here is my 30-second tip of the episode. So if you don't have brand registry and you're trying to make a new listing, a lot of you get that dreaded brand 5665 error. So the way around that, if you don't have brand registry yet, is in under the brand, you just put N-A, capital N, capital A. Sometimes you put a dash between or you put a, a slash. And then under the manufacturer, make sure to put the brand you're trying to do. Now, right off the bat, that should show the brand name from the manufacturer field on your listing. But in the meantime, what you do is you take some pictures of your product that shows the brand that you're trying to put on there and that shows the UPC of the product and even make a website for that product and then submit all of that in a case to Amazon and say, hey, here's the product, this is the pictures of it, here's the website, this is the brand, can you please approve me for selling this brand? And they'll usually in almost every case will go ahead and approve you. For either of you, now who would you recommend not to source in India. Uh, I mean, you, you've mentioned a couple things, like for example, it sounds like, you know, plastic items and things like that. And in my mind, just from what you guys have talked about, like if your funds are tight and, and you don't have, you, you're not able to be able to, you know, sit on an order for, for 12 weeks or, or the amount of time it might take, you know, for those kind of people, maybe it's better not to source in India. But it, anything else I've missed, like who would you suggest, you know, you know probably China or another country is a, a better route? I think electronics, if you're sourcing any kind of electronics or electrical products, that's definitely better in China. India is also really good with cotton products. That's a huge category, and especially uh, cotton apparel, home furnishings, towels, bed sheets, cushion covers, those kinds of things, and uh, also organic cotton. And in fact, if you're sourcing organic cotton, you might find it more competitive and more variety and higher quality in India than in China. India is actually the second largest uh, producer of cotton in the world. Um, and then apart from metal and wood, there are other materials as well, such as ceramic, glass, um, you know, bone china. There are a lot of macrame uh, things, uh, you know, macrame products. Macrame was a big <laughs> trend in 2020 and we saw so many uh, people sourcing those kinds of products from India as well. Um, carpets, rugs, jute products. There are a lot of bags, uh, fashion accessories like leather is really good from India as well. So in leather, there are different types of products uh, such as fa fashion accessories, such as bags, belts, um, hats, caps. And there's also equestrian products like horse saddles and dog leashes and those sorts of things. Excellent. Excellent. Now, what's an example of somebody who, you know, uh, Megla, you can tell me in your network, you know, that maybe they, they started, you know, selling either brand new seller or, or started, you know, sourcing in India and they just had a really amazing 
experience. You know, obviously, you don't have to tell me their exact product or their name or anything, but just something to, you know, maybe, you know, stoke the interest of, of somebody out there who's considering making the leap. Like, what? why would you say, because I would assume that you would suggest to any, or a lot of people out there, hey, g- give India Sourcing a try, but what's a real life example that you can give? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many of them in our group. I mean, specifically people who went with us on the trip. So, uh, you know, many of them have launched products uh, from India, from either suppliers that they met at the trade show, and they um, quickly ran out of inventory, and then they have to reorder. But what I realized was that all of them got really, really good reviews. I don't think I've heard, I mean, there have been cases where somebody sourced a bad product or somebody sourced a product and they didn't get a good quality product, um, and they started getting bad reviews. We have had some of those cases as well. Um but the majority of people that uh, you know we know are in our group, the one thing that really stood out for me was that everybody got really, really good reviews. And um, you know, even for for my products that I sell from India, the reviews are really good because really, if you find the right supplier, the quality is absolutely fantastic because each each product is handmade. And um, I feel that a lot of the Indian suppliers they they pride in their work. They have a lot of um, um, yeah pride in their work. So um, even the artisans who are working on these products, they are so skilled. The the skill is transferred from you know one generation to another. So they're really good at what they do. So yeah, you'll get really good quality products provided you have um, you know the right supplier. And Margaret, do you want to maybe give some specific examples? I mean, without naming anyone or their products, because Margaret does a lot of coaching, you know, one-on-one coaching with people as well. Well, look, even with our own products, uh, look, the first products we started off with, most of them, they had something similar on the shelf that we had seen they'd made. So some some of them we just actually took that particular product and went with it. Some of them we modified it because I wanted, you know, a different shaped handle or I wanted, you know, a different style. But I found it very easy to convey what I wanted. Like it was just a matter of saying, can you change this Um and because the family, like the owner of the factory, the father is actually an engineer, it's very easy. So they'll go away. And an example was one of our new brand products we've just started. We were in the factory and I said to them, I seen something and I said, oh, I don't want that. Could we turn that into something totally different and put it in this metal stand, da, da, da? And they went, yeah, fine. So we were talking away for about half an hour. And the next thing, this little man comes running up with a very rugged looking metal piece in his hand he said is this what you're talking about so they had gone away from my conversation and basically started a you know a sort of prototype of what I was wanting for my new product okay now I know neither of you are are actively selling on Amazon India but in the last year uh, it, it seems to be, you know, skyrocketing the amount of uh, business, both domestic, you know, both the domestic Indian sellers as well as foreign sellers, you know, coming to the marketplace. What has changed, uh, Megal, in the last, you know, year? We touched briefly on it the first time you were on the episode, but but what are some major advances, or or, or what do have you noticed that that's different now about Amazon India? Of course, other than the fact that now Helium Ten works for Amazon India, but just in general, uh, can you give us the uh, lowdown on what's going on with uh, the Amazon India marketplace? Absolutely. So first of all, I think, uh, yeah, Helium 10 is in India. So that's super exciting. And um, I think one of the biggest changes that I've seen in 2020 is that there is um, a shift in, um, you know, more sellers want to source products domestically from India. Whereas previously, a lot of the products were being sourced from China to sell on Amazon India. But in 2020, there was, um, you know, a bit of tension between India and China. And there was this whole initiative 
within the country of uh, being self-reliant and producing everything domestically. And, um, you know, because of that, a lot of Amazon sellers started looking for suppliers within the country. And, um, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, um, I mean, Amazon themselves, they are, of course, increasingly focusing so much more on Amazon India. There's so many new initiatives. I've spoken to a couple of people in Amazon India one of the things that they want to do is bring overseas brands to sell on Amazon India. They want to introduce new brands from, you know, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand. And um, in fact, um, they also had a, a festival, especially for Australian brands. So there is sort of increasing demand for, um, you know, premium Australian or New Zealand or you know, U.S. brands in India as well, because there is a growing middle class and they do want, you know, nice products and they can afford uh, you know, those nice products now, whereas previously, I think, um, um, you know, the, the market was very, very price conscious. And I mean, even now, the majority of people are price conscious, but there is an increasingly, you know, a growing middle class that is kind of uh, looking to source these nice premium products. So I think the opportunity for overseas brands is really huge now, and it's going to continue to grow. And um, in fact, even in our group, um, there are so many people who are now looking to sell um, into Amazon India. But of course, it's not a straightforward process. It's not like selling on Amazon US or you know any other marketplace. Yeah. It's a bit complicated. But once, I mean, if you have the right product that is in demand, and uh, if you also um, you know do your company setup and you follow all of the guidelines and you have the right person to lead to guide you then um, it can be a very lucrative business. Okay, excellent. Good to know. Now, you know, right now, obviously, like we mentioned, you know, you're not doing any trips and we're not in the in, in the middle of one of your virtual, you know, sourcing summits. So somebody right now, they're, they're listening to this podcast uh, right now in uh, January of 2021. They're inspired to go look, uh, you know, at the possibilities at least, would you say the easiest and best thing to do is just go ahead and go to Alibaba and do one of those uh, filters on there for Indian suppliers? Or is there another step uh, maybe even easier or better than that to, to take right now? I think the first thing would be to get a better understanding of how, what it is like to source from India. I would say don't just dive into it. I mean, um, you know, of course, if you want to find a supplier, then yes, Alibaba. You start with Alibaba and Global Sources. Join our Facebook group where we have all of the VIS videos. Um, but I would also say it's important to just have a good understanding of what it is like to source from India. So, I mean, I've written an ebook about that. And there may be other resources online as well that you can just, uh, you know, maybe watch some YouTube videos or get other resources. Just try to understand how India is different from China. I think that that is very important. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Now we, we do some, I don't know. I don't remember if we, if we uh, had this the last time you were on the show, but we, we do something called the, or the TST 30 second tip. So this would be for either of you, whoever wants to take this, but uh, you know, you've been giving us different strategies and tips about sourcing in India. What is a 30 second tip that either one of you can give that can help somebody who has never sourced uh, in India before? Margaret, go for it. <laughs> I would say jump onto the Sourcing from India website and look at all our suppliers that we have interviewed over the last uh, nine months, 10 months, and you should be able to find, because we've done most of the categories, you should be able to find somebody on there that we have vetted and most people have been buying from them so we know that they've had success. Okay, excellent. So then how can people go ahead and, 
and uh, do that and and find your your archives of the different uh, videos that you've done in the previous uh, virtual uh, sourcing shows and then possibly join some of your groups or, or find you guys on the on the interwebs out there. Go for it, Megal. Yeah, so the easiest way is to join our Facebook group. Just search for Sourcing from India on Facebook and join the group. All of our archives are there under units and under topics. We don't have a website yet, but we are working on it. It's going to be called India Sourcing Network, and we're planning to launch a course and a mastermind and a lot of different uh, exciting things uh, this year. But as of now, everything is in our group. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So, guys, uh, I mean, hopefully we're not going to have a 2021 like we did have a 2020. So, like, once you hopefully you can come back in 2022 and we have nothing but uh, but good world news to, to share of what happened this year. But uh, thank you again for joining us. And, and uh, you know, I know you guys are still going to hold me to it, Megla. You, you, you had me commit to going on one of your trips yes. to uh, to India. So as soon as that's uh that's ready uh, to go. Um, you can you can pretty much uh, guarantee. I, I'm already committed to going to uh, Pakistan this year. So maybe even on the same uh, the same trip, I can I can uh, make a stop over there, and then we can all go to the Maldives or or something too. Uh, <laughs> since we're in the neighborhood down there. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for joining, and Margaret, thanks for coming on as well. Thanks, thanks a lot, Bradley. Bradley. Take care. Bye.